Big and hungry. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be in at the end of the month, you guys. I'm at um, I am at the Ontario Improv. Come see me at the Ontario Improv, July 29th, 30th, 31st. Ontario Improv in California. I can't wait. I am in Houston. Uh, go to BrianCallen.com. Houston Improv, August. I think tw- uh, I think it's August. Uh, shit. It's not August 12th. I think it's August 18, 19, 20, something like that. Either way, I'll be at the Houston, Houston Improv. So look me up, everybody. Look me up. And there you go. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in San Diego at the Laugh Factory, San Diego. And then next, uh, Phoenix, July 30th through 31st, it's Copper Booze Live. I'm super excited to go out to Copper Blues Live with one of my favorites, Patrick Keene. Tampa, Side Splitters, Ooh. August 5th through 8th. Milwaukee, I'm doing the grand opening of the Milwaukee Improv, August 19th through the 21st. Very honored to do that. And then Oxnard, California, August 26th through the 28th. And I'm working on my newest hour, my fifth hour. It's going to be called The Neon Disease. I'm going to film it later on this year. And I'm super fucking excited about it. Yeah. Stevie, what are you drinking? A protein shake, you fuck? Water. I don't know. I'm, I'm aggressive right now. Oh, look at Steve. He combed his hair all beautiful and stuff for the fucking podcast. And his skin is all smooth. Steve, <laughs> your skin and your eyes are all blue. You win, Steve. You win right off the bat. Steve's got blue blue eyes and beautiful hair. He wins off the bat. <laughs> Sorry that I've been drinking the best wine in the world. I had a fucking wine from 1959. Yeah, That's all wine? that matters. Where are you? Je suis en France. France. Vive la France! J'habite à France! Je m'en cours! Mon cours, c'est France. That means my fucking heart is French. Mm-hmm. Mon cours, my body, is, uh, is, is German or something muscular, but yep. my, my heart, it's always French, okay? Always. And yeah. I drink only wine from France because, uh-huh. and fromage, the cheese, only from France, okay? Yeah. You are eating McDonald's. You are American. You are stupid, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to know that this podcast is actually happening because it almost didn't happen because you're on holiday, as they say over in Europe. And well, apparently with the coronavirus, you got the French variant because you didn't feel like doing this. Hey, dude, come on, man. Be cool. Now, listen, here's the thing, dude. I just watched the UFC. I watched the finals yeah, I watched of Wimbledon. too, yeah. I know. I will talk about that. I watched the finals of Wimbledon and 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 the European fucking soccer finals for the European Cup is on between Italy and England. Yep. Do you guys know that? Of course you don't. Yeah, I, I, I know it. I, I follow Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher of Oasis on Instagram and Twitter, and they've been talking about it. So, yeah, I'm rooting See, for England, of course. I'm biting my fucking fist right now that you... Uh, well, it's amazing. No, you, travel to those guys. you travel to France to sit on a couch and watch Wimbledon and the UFC. And I did the same thing here. I went surfing today, dude. Yeah. Now, did I get on a wave? No, I didn't. But I did body surf in yeah, after I got tired. In, you live in Venice. You could go surfing anytime there and you never do it. No, I don't. I wish all that money. There are a couple of things I wish I was. One is, of course, a European soccer player with good hair. Two is... <laughs> yeah. It's a big wave rider with good hair. You know okay. who actually is a big wave rider with good hair is Colin Jost. Is he? That dude yeah, but, loves surfing and he's got great hair. And it but, makes but I'm talking about 
I'm talking about I'm talking about riding giants. I'm talking about the kind of waves you got to be towed into. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. How's uh how's fighting the kid going these days? How are you guys doing? Man, I'm not answering that question right now. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong? What? We're just we're on a podcast. We're talking. Bro, I thought, no, man, that's I an aggressive you've been doing question. So much. I, I wanted to, to ask you how it's going because bro, you and uh, now you went like this. Come on, I'm just asking. You went like yeah. that with your shoulders, which means you're just being all snaky about it. You, you cobra. You, now you acted like a little cobra. You act like a little cobra just now. Now, now here's the thing you need to know. I went to a fucking uh, wine village called Saint Emilion. Okay. And it's a medieval village, Steve. And everything. And when I say everything is made of stone, yeah, it's all made of stone. And it was made about 500 years ago. And I strolled the streets. And here's beautiful. the thing about yeah, and here's the thing about going to wine country. It's good for about a day, and then when you eat that rich food, <laughs> when you eat that rich food and you drink that wine, you you you're like, well, my my blood is gravy, and I gotta get the fuck out of here. So yeah. that's kind of what's going on. I think anytime yeah. you eat like in wine country, whether it's the states or I guess in Europe, it's always like little little portions. It's like yeah. I want a steak and potatoes, and that's not where you're gonna get in wine country. Well, you, you here's the thing, Steve. I eat like I'm, a man. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to not talk to me about food or wine because you waffle house guy, huh? Yeah, you eat like a 40-year-old divorce woman that just hey, got man. the first check. It's like, let's go get some wine. Let's play golf. Let's surf. No, let's no dude. No, dude. They, no, dude. They drink. Fuck Rick. Fuck him. No. He's done. It's no, dude. Mine. No, That's they drink. No, man, you're being uncool. They drink. They drink Chardonnay. Which yeah. is all sugar. I drink Gros La Rose, etc., which is fucking terroir, dude. It's a living fucking food. Okay. And it's the color of the wall behind me, which is the yeah. color of my blood. Now, Steve, what have you been up to? And you better have like, uh, a good like answer. I love whiskey. I, I like to drink like a man. I like to drink like a man who drinks in the 50s. You're going to go home and, and beat the dog. That's what I like to drink. <laughs> have whiskey. you been to France? You, uh, the land of leisure, dude. Come on, dude. They're not the land of leisure. Uh, three day work week and a lunch Bro. break, four hours. Bro, come on, man. You're being stereotypical right now. You're, you're being unfair. Stereotypes exist for a reason because they're they're true. They're based off of a generalization. Okay, generalization yeah. means most of. So All I right, would. Now, I know what generalization means. We're not doing this podcast in a country that doesn't speak Anglais, okay? Sorry, English. I'm losing my English. I'm literally losing my English living here. Um, okay, well, let's get let's get to let's get to uh, the format of of what we're trying to institute here on on uh, on the Fighter and Kid 2.0 slash right. Big and Hungry. Um, we're taking questions. We're taking your questions. And again, anytime you want to ask us a question, video submission. Of your question, if it's advice, yep. it's relationship, whatever you want to talk to Brian about fucking animals or yep. wine like a bitch, then yep. email it to bigandhungrypodcast at gmail.com and we'll take your videos as we will do right now. Let's let's kick it off. Let's see what But happens. wait, Steve, before we go into that, may I ask you a question? Do you have a point of view on the on Wimbledon? Do you have a point of view on the UFC or do you have a point of view on soccer? And it's okay if you don't because you may not have seen any of them. Well, I, I, I watched the UFC fights last night. I was really happy to see O'Malley because I, I, I've, I've been Beautiful. a fan of his. I was, yeah. I was bummed to see him lose that last one and then to see him put on a fucking clinic God damn. Uh, last night. And, and I know that you know him. 
Yeah. So I'd be, I'd be, you know, so much more about this. I'm a casual fan. So what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, you know, you know, sports though, better than I do. So, but I just thought that this kid who fought O'Malley was so outclassed and, and has got to come up with a better game plan as far as fighting is concerned, because it's dangerous to fight the way he does. It's dangerous. I hated seeing that young man take that, that head trauma. That's, that's dangerous. And he, will not be the same after that. And that kid should not be fighting if that's how he's going to fight. It's just not right. And right. and he didn't belong in the octagon with a guy on O'Malley's level because when you when you put somebody who is that who is that uh at that level with someone who's at Sean O'Malley's level, it's actually physically dangerous for the person and they don't walk away from it. You, you cause so much head trauma with right. a guy who can hit you at will and if you are tougher than your own good which is what that kid is you don't get tougher than that kid it's just dangerous for him so i hated seeing him take that head trauma i hated it can i ask you why is it that you have a much different perspective than dc or rogan when they're commentating you're sitting there going wow you're listening to these guys who know so much about the fight game and and you do as well but they're almost um celebrating the fact that this guy's just a blockhead taking ridiculous rounds to the face I know less than those guys for sure about fighting. There's no question, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that Joe would or Daniel would disagree with the fact that that kid didn't belong in there. Yeah. They've got, they, they have the cameras on them, so they got to keep things, uh, they got to keep be- the audience away from the idea that this person is getting essentially brain damage and more yeah. about how good Sean is. And then also the idea that Sean should be ranked and is, gonna, is probably a top five contender, even though mm-hmm. he's not ranked. And that's more of their job. But if you ask them privately, I guarantee they'd be like, that kid didn't belong in there. And I didn't like seeing that. Well, can yeah. I ask you something? O'Malley is a top tier professional athlete, a, 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 literally a badass. It's He's doing what every man wants to do. And he's got the body of an eighth grader. He literally, yeah. There's no definite. That literally looks like yeah. me in as I'm ten. I'm going to Point Pleasant or the Jersey Shore. Like, yeah, Steve, Yo. can you hear me? Yep. I'm sorry. So, 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 the, the, what, what were you asking? What were you saying, buddy? I'm sorry. Start, start again. Uh, Greg Hardy, don't judge a book by its cover. I thought uh, he was going to smoke the Aussie, and uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about. I mean, you look at those guys like the the difference in height and reach and. And yeah, everything, yeah. but anybody that comes out to the Spice Girls wannabe, it's like, oh, that's that's a crazy person. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna fuck somebody up because I saw him come out playing that shit. I was like, I am on board, my friend. Yeah, and also please understand, never get into a slugfest with a Tongan, a Maori, <laughs> or a Samoan. Never yeah. get into a slugfest with a Tongan, Maori, or Samoan because, well, they're kind of indestructible. That's yeah. why. All right. And Greg Hardy is a was a phenomenal defensive end, was a sure. phenomenal football player. And and your kung fu is no good here in Samoa, Tonga, or Maori land. Yeah, that dropped. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was it, it's me. crazy to see. Uh, the Aussie, I forget the guy's name. I'm sure you know him. Uh, Ty, um, uh, um, Ty, uh, Tuivasa. Tuivasa. Just yeah, the incredible. drinking out of shoes, yeah. I think is fucking disgusting. Yes, it is. And yes, one is. guy I saw poured a beer and then put Poirier's, I think, hot sauce in it. 
and he chugged it. He was on camera go, what the fuck is that? Yep. And then went back and then some other dude gave him another like high top. By the way, there's like some serious sneaker heads going around because those were oh, nice, yeah. nice sneakers that they were doing. Yeah, this yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a, that's one of those traditions where you're like, who invented that and why? It's so fucking weird. Um, did you see Conor McGregor's behavior after he lost? Well, I want to before we talk about Conor, I just after seeing Tatui, you know that Burke Kreischer's sitting there going, I got to up my game. This is <laughs> this is the next level. I've got to drink shit out of people's footwear to yeah. keep up with it. But but yes. I, look, I thought the old Conor was back. He was talking shit again. And then he went to. He went to a dark place this time with the shit yeah. talking. Yeah. And I thought, boy, I, I, that says something because he went to a place I'd never seen before. And I love I love getting tribal. I love getting Irish. I love rooting for the guy. But, man, it was like he, he you know, there's so many things we can talk about with this fight. But during the post conference, like when he's talking to Rogan, his foot is snapped and he's telling people to go to the win after party. I'm like, dude, you're going to the fucking hospital. Do you realize yeah. like we saw the replays look up at the board, man. That was fucking crazy. It was crazy. And, and, uh, but I thought it was just classless to say your wife's in my DMS. I fucking hate that. He did the same shit with Khabib and I lost some respect for him. I don't agree with that. And, and Dustin Poirier, would have beat his fucking ass. And Dustin yeah. Poirier is a better fighter. And if they fight again, Dustin Poirier is going to do it again. So, uh, Yeah, I think he know. was on the wrong side of it. You know, you see, I think he was at the top of his game shitting on Mayweather in Toronto when they had that press conference. He, I mean, some of the comebacks and the creativity in insults, I was like, God, this guy's this guy should be doing roast battle with, with Ross. He's so fucking good. Yeah. And then I saw him go eighth grade style. It was like, that's, I don't know. I, I just had so much more respect for Diamond in the way that he carried himself and saying, I hope he gets back to his beautiful family and all that other stuff. But you yeah. also, you think about the fight itself. I mean, Connor was getting smoked and you're thinking there were two times I thought, oh, this fight's over in the first. I, I can't yeah. believe this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I don't know. I was really disappointed in Connor's behavior. So do you yeah. think he, he might've fractured his leg or ankle with those calf kicks or leg so kicks? So what, here's what's going on with these guys. And I, this is what I was told to me by a guy who really understands Muay Thai and fighting. Um, so with Connor, he realized he, he was going to, Connor is known for doing to you what you did to him, right? So in other words, oh, you're going to leg kick me? You're going to low kick me? I'm going to low kick you. So Connor, who trains really hard, said, I'm going to start low kicking. And that's all I'm going to do for eight months. And it's just like, it's just like Chris Weidman, these guys. So he went to Wonderboy Thompson's camp and, and they're, they're all kickers. So when guys like that spend all their time kicking, mm -hmm. okay, in their thirties, they start kicking, they start kicking and they're just, they're kicking the bag, they're kicking dude, they're kicking pads. Right. And what they're, what the idea behind that is you deaden the shin. You're dead in the shin, all the nerves in the shin, and, and the bone kind of rushes. Building it up, though, correct? Yes, and the bone rushes calcium deposits and makes right. the bone harder. Here's the thing, though. With Muay Thai guys, they've been doing that since they were little kids. Yeah. So that their bones are literally like stone. That's yeah. why they can kick um, parking meters, metal parking meters, and they're fine. Okay, right. and their legs don't break. What happens in your 30s, if, you, if that's a new thing you're introduced to your training, is yeah, that I when you kick a parking meter outside of curves one day is that correct well, i bend parking meters but i'm different oh, yeah i'm different right, because yeah. je suis français 
But those guys, when when you do that in your 30s and you introduce that training to your mm-hmm. leg, what I've been told and what makes sense is that you develop stress fractures. Right. You will develop actually a weaker bone because your bone is taking so much stress and it doesn't have time to build those calcium deposits and harden. What you're doing actually in the six months you're training for that, whatever, is you're actually creating more of a brittle bone because you're kicking in your body. Your bone is getting the stress fractures and it hasn't had time to rush the calcium deposits to those stress fractures to make the bone stronger. Right. So you're going into the fight with a weakened shin bone. Mm-hmm. Then you kick with all your might against Dustin Poirier's fucking knee, that bone that goes right below your knee, which is the yep. hardest bone in your body probably. And surprise, surprise, you break your fucking leg. Yeah. And so as that low kick becomes so key in fighting, the guys who haven't trained that for a long time are always going to be more at risk of that. It's not a coincidence that guys are breaking their legs like that. It's just not. And right. so, you know, it was a weird bummer and a weird thing, but I still think Connor was losing that fight. It, it I, you know, really I don't know. to be the case. And, uh, you know, the minute they go to the ground, he he's losing it. I but think uh, Connor would have spent a lot of time on the ground. I don't think yeah. Connor can match Dustin Poirier's wrestling. And if you ask anybody at American Top Team, Poirier is the best striker in that fucking gym. And that's saying a lot. That's right. You're talking about Jorge Masvidal's home. Not so much anymore. I think he moved camps. But you're talking about killers in that camp. But Dustin Poirier is so special. He's been fighting yeah. since he was 17, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The the So I, I, I think the... Uh, Uh-oh. He froze. There was so Steve. much more on the line for McGregor. Yeah. Wait, try it again. Yeah, it seemed like there was so much more on the line for McGregor um, because obviously if he goes 0 for 2 against Poirier, it, it, it tarnishes his his legacy. Yeah. And I think that if he had won the fight and you're on the road back to the path to the title, it's like a champ can do it once, a legend does it twice. Yeah, and I yeah. think that the window is certainly – really, really closing in on, on McGregor. And then seeing how he acted at yeah. the end of that fight, it, it just, I think he... He, he seemed a little crazy, honestly. Crazy. And yeah. un, he seemed a little unhinged. He really did. Like yeah. that That might have been like brain damage. I don't know what it was. I, I was just shocked at the way he was behaving. But you know what? Good. It's good for Dustin Poirier because the next fight's going to be even more money. The next fight is even more exciting. If Conor makes it back, and that's a big if... And fights Poirier again. That's 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 going to be a year and a half from now, yeah. two years from now. It's even more money for Dustin Poirier. So let Dustin rack that fucking rack those dollars up and live his best life. So I'm I, I couldn't be happier. For but him don't you think sense. that handicaps McGregor? Then if you come back in a year and a half and you he have the rematch, it. yeah, he's going to get his ass kicked. You got to get you got to have the tune-up fight, right? You've got to get a few fights under your belt before you build up to something like that. And I think for your first fight to be Poirier after a devastating leg injury, and then you're coming back and you're, you're, you've been out of the fight game for a year and a half. I just don't see any upside to it. No, I don't either. I don't want to see that shit either. It'll be a disaster for him. Do you Guess think, what? would you say yeah. you, if you were him, would you call it a day? Of course I would. But, yeah. but, you know, but, but Connor, Connor should go off into the sunset and just be, be a, a businessman. I don't know what, you know, but he, he has an ego and he wants to prove that he's more than just a businessman and he's more than washed up. Nobody wants to die. 
Nobody wants to fucking die. And and right. I give it to him. I give it to the guy that he's he's still a fucking dyed-in-the-wool badass fighter. He's a fighter before anything else. And he's nasty before anything else. So yeah. I give him that. He's still a warrior. I just wish he'd behave with more class. He's a huge example. And you, yeah. you say that shit to you, to some guy when you when you do that. That's bullshit. I just think it's thuggery. I think it's thuggery and it's low class, honestly. You're talking about you want to kill him and put him in a coffin? Get the fuck out of here, man. Anyway, yeah, let's talk. A, let's move on. Yeah. We'll move on to fucking, uh, you know. Yeah, I just questions. thought, I, I, again, I think he was going eighth grade style. It's like, that's the shit you hear on a bus in junior high school. It's yeah. like from a, a, one of the greatest shit talkers, you know, in yeah. UFC, in WWE, across the board. Yeah, but it, there's more wit to uh, shit talking. Like, he was really good at shit talking. It's fine to be shit talking. It's what? another thing to say your wife is in my DMs. It's another thing to say that I, I want you to die and be in a fucking coffin. Yeah, that it, was, This is bullshit, man. It's, it's, it's lazy. It's lazy bullshit. Like, it's just lazy. I yeah. box his head. That's fine if you want to say I box his head off and I'll be the, be the nasty motherfucker, but just don't do that I, I don't know that's what was my problem with khabib the way he talked about khabib's father fuck off bad, yeah. dude and he yeah. got his fucking he got fucked in that fight so you know i i have a big problem with that i don't like a lack of class personally i don't but anyway that's me uh, and i think most people so, agree with me uh hey anthony we got some questions let's get into what the meat of the show here oh shit <laughs> like this is funny. already this is All great right, this, this guy's my hero He's benching 145. <laughs> 100. Steve, Brian, how you fellas doing? I was just curious, <laughs> speaking of big and hungry, would you rather be killed by a grizzly bear or a great white shark? Very Ooh. easy question. Ooh. Very easy question. Ooh. Steve, you go first. Uh, grizzly, because I'd be on land. I, I think the, I, I grew up, Jaws was one of the scariest films to drown, to be pulled under, because not only are you trying to swim out and get to air, yep. you're also getting chopped the fuck up. Yeah. And more sharks are coming at you because yeah. once that blood hits, now you're getting decimated by six or seven others. You got a hammerhead taken off your eyeball. You got sure, something sure. that your head's floating down. You're seeing something chop your dick away. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly, it's like it's going to be a slow death, but at least you're still breathing. And while you're dying, you can kind of look out into the wilderness and go, oh, well, this is a beautiful scenery. I, I could die like this. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. I like that answer. You're wrong, but I like that answer. Let me explain I'm why wrong. you're wrong. As a guy who understands a little bit about grizzlies and how they feed, a grizzly will eat you. And what you're going to do instinctively is turn your back and cover your face and your body. That's what you're going to yeah. do. Instinctively, you're going to be terrified. And the grizzly will begin eating probably your legs and ass while you're still alive. He will start taking chunks out of your legs and ass. Yeah. And you will die. You will be in horrible pain for at least 20, 30 minutes. Uh, you don't, it's a disaster. It's the last animal, that and a full grown male chimp who's going to pull your balls off and eat your balls and your dick and then bite, <laughs> yeah. bite, and then bite your hands off and then bite your face off. Those two are the animals you want to avoid being killed by. They're the worst, okay? Yeah. You either lose your legs and ass first or your face, your balls, and your hands from a chimp. So let's, those are the last animals on the food chain you want to be fucked by. Um, the the a great white shark you're in the water he's going to come in and hit you hard now he's probably going to take a leg or two off yeah you're going to bleed out you're going to lose hydraulics in about eight seconds maybe 10 seconds you're going to bleed out and drown you're going to go under the water in you're going to go into shock and you're going to go underwater and you, you you're you're going to lose so much blood that you're just going to you're just going to pass out 
Right. And I know a guy who was attacked by a shark who's, and, and who lost his hand and his leg. Oof. And he just, he went, oh, I'm not afraid of death anymore because I just, I just kind of slowly drifted off. Right. So that's what happens. Okay. You're, you're going to get fucking, he was punching the shark. He went to punch the shark and, the, and then he pulled his hand out and he lost his hand. It was probably a bull shark. It was in Sydney Bay and uh, he got fucked. But he said, like, this is my worst nightmare and I'm not afraid. It was really weird. He was like, oh, I, something's sawing my fucking leg off and I seem to be okay. So you want a shark because you're in the water because their teeth are so sharp because they're clipping your leg off. You're not going to feel it. It's not going to feel what you think it's going to feel like. You're probably going to be like, huh? And then you're going to pass out from blood before pain. Um, if he grabs you around the old, if he hits you under the arm and below the hip, yeah. if he hits you on the side, <laughs> he's going to drive you through the water. He's going to take a big old bite of your just your internal organs and, and then he's going to let you go because great whites do that. They bite and then let go and then come back and eat you because they let the seal bleed out first oh. uh, so that they don't get scratched up and bit up because they do. So what happens is he's probably going to hit you, bite, take a good old bite, and it's going to be a bite that's going to leave you bleeding but good. And you're going to bleed out and you're going to lose your hydraulics. And I don't, I, don't think you're, I don't think you're fucking conscious for more than 30 seconds. And this you is, go under and you're fine. And it's a nice gross. slow motion watery grave. But you know what? <laughs> you ain't going to feel much. So always go great white. Always. I think yeah. if I if I could throw in a death wish, I guess I would go snake as the most peaceful Ooh. way to go. No, fight, and then what do you well, you're going to pass out and die within 30 minutes if it's if it's something venomous? No, no, no. Listen to me. Doesn't your listen. body start breaking down? You're like, oh, OK, this is it. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let me just hold on. I had to send this to uh, Danny because my battery's dying. Uh, Anthony, edit that part out, please. Um, wait, snake? Give if me the snake to, again. If you were to die from an animal, I guess yeah. snake would be the one. Snake. I would choose. It's like getting a lethal injection because you're getting supercharged with venom. It's going to attack your nervous system. You're going to break down. And then I, I think in my mind, I would hope that it would be a peaceful way to go. Third but- worst way to die. Fucking third, <laughs> dude. Third. How, How the fuck do you not? Because poison. Let me tell you about what a neurotoxin. Are you or, Aren't you like, oh, my body's. Yeah. Up. After an hour, after you've gone blind and you're in so much pain, your whole body convulses. Have you seen what venom does to animals? Watch Google when you get when you and when we're done with this YouTube lion who's bit by a king cobra. Yeah. The thing walks around blind for three days. I mean, it's a horrible death. You basically you when you're poisoned, ask Putin's victims, dude. <laughs> OK, OK. Yeah. All right. All right. I get Poison. it. Oh, my God. Neurotoxins are blood toxins. Your right. body decays from the inside out. Your what body decays. would you want to be killed by me? Yeah. Yeah. You you're the only one on the podcast. It's me and you. Um, it's a good question. If you had to go from an animal, what would it be? Well, this may seem weird, but it might be now. This is scary as shit, but it yeah. might be a crocodile. Now, here's why <laughs> it might be a crocodile, and because the crocodile. 
will, the salty will grab you and it will roll you. It yeah. gives you the old death roll. Oh. But here's the thing, you drown. And when you drown, you kind of, it's not the worst thing in the world. To drown isn't isn't the biggest disaster in the world because, you know, you, you basically, um, you kind of, you kind of have a peaceful, it's horrifying, but if you peaceful, get grabbed. You're getting barrel rolled by a fucking gator. Yeah, you're getting, it's not a gator, it's a crocodile. Say, you know, sure. yeah. yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But I just feel like it'd be, I just feel like, again, you go into shock. I, I, it's not, you're not getting chomped. You're not getting pieces taken off you. You're getting grabbed and drowned. You're getting yeah. taken under the water. You understand? They grab you and take you under the water. Now you're under the water. You're just fucking done. You go yeah, limp in 30 seconds. And your arms. Yeah, it sucks. No, it's horrible. On your side and yeah. Yeah, you're getting dragged in the water. There are plenty of people that have been, they have been on shore. This guy who was fishing with his wife, like an idiot in the, in the Northern Territory. Yeah. And a croc came up and just grabbed him and pulled him into the water. And that was the end of him. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's our What's our next question? That yeah, was depressing. Yeah. Sorry. I'm here to talk to you about liquid death. If you like to murder your thirst, liquid death has got you. First of all, the water, whether it's sparkling or it's flat, comes in a can, not a plastic bottle. Okay. And that is very significant. Okay. It's very significant because essentially you don't want to pollute the environment with more plastic. Does the ocean need more plastic, Steve? It does not. No. So A, stay hydrated. Obviously, it's healthy for you. Yeah. B, you're helping the environment. Yeah. So you got to go to liquiddeath.com slash big and hungry, get some liquid death, and you get two free koozies. And Steve, two free and Steve koozies. You, you don't hate dolphins and seals and sea turtles, right? You don't hate them, right? No, not like you. No, you love them, dude. And I love them too. I and that's them. why we get our water out of cans. And we like our water to have a full mineral profile. Okay. And we like our water to come from the, from the Alps. Okay. From mountain water. I want mountain spring water with a full mineral profile, AKA electrolytes. Liquid death. Liquid death. Murder your thirst or die. All right. Liquid death. There it is. Great hair. Handsome guy. Big and hungry podcast. Got a question for you. Why is it that the best rum is made in Guatemala? <laughs> He's the greatest guy in the world. That guy's from Scotland, first of all. He's from Scotland. That was the greatest question I've ever heard in my life. Guatemala. <laughs> oh my God. That, that was a great. Uh, I look, dude. That's oh. the best. The re best rum I've ever had was actually in Jamaica, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with his. I, I, he should be the president of Guatemala. That's all I know. Can you play that one more time? Yeah, that was genius. Oh my god. <laughs> he's good looking. He's probably intelligent. He's got a great house, and he's awesome. Hold on, here it goes. He's my hero. Dragon hungry podcast. Got a question for you. Why is it that the best rum is made in Guatemala? <laughs> in Guatemala? Make an hungry podcast. Ryan, I, got I, got a, I got a question for you. Why is it the best rum is made in Guatemala? He's that too. is a better version of you. Uh, That's what I that guy is. I fucking 100% agree. 
when you go I'm to nothing. sleep and you picture like if you could go to a lab and design the perfect like that would be you well that's what my girlfriend would say to you probably that's <laughs> so you know i can't argue and i would agree with her sometimes you agree. i'm not a rum drinker so i don't know much about rum uh but i, I love everything about that guy i do too he's awesome he's awesome i want to hang out with him all right next question anthony this is great uh dustin here in san diego just thought i'd reach out um brian i uh i followed you for a long time since mad tv i actually saw you in san jose um doing stand-up probably five years ago now steve i've gotten to know you through podcasts and i love your stand-up you're hilarious man um just thought i'd reach out for some old guy wisdom you guys have obviously found your niche in life and what you're passionate about, but I feel like, you know, sometimes people fall into it by chance. Sometimes people, you know, some their parents put a racket in their hand and it's just a perfect fit. But um, a lot of us are out here, you know, we can't find a passion or, or a direction or niche or something like that. So how do you find it? Um, Personally, I've been thinking about this for years. I've tried a ton of different things from, you know, every different sport you could think of, um, snowboarding, music, photography, boxing. Um, now I'm yeah, dude. trying to get into music production and that kind of stuff, but who knows if I'll love it. Anyways, um, you know, I guess maybe try every shoe on until you find one that fits, but how do you narrow down what you love or what I don't know. Um, anyways, yeah, I have a okay, career in the wine so, industry. Uh, just haven't found my passion. Uh, would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Thanks. I mean, th let me just say this before I forget it. Yeah. When you say that you tried a bunch of things to find your passion, like boxing and photography, and <laughs> like right. those are not those are not career paths. Like you, no, that's that's no sports like that. None of that photography shit. So you got to get way more specific. That guy's not only you're too general, bro. Your general, your voice is even general. You're just kind of like uh, talking like this. And what that. I, I, I don't know. It feels a little bit general. It feels like, um, first of all, I think you probably know what you should do. You probably know what you're supposed to do. Usually you do, I think. And the rest is procrastination. But I, I don't know. He seemed, uh, he seemed a little, well, he uh, seemed he seemed lost, and that's why he's asking the question. He seemed general. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but I think he's generalizing because he's he's throwing spaghetti against the wall. What yeah. I what I appreciate about him is that he's giving himself the opportunities to experience these things that seem more like hobbies, like you said, Brian, than actual career paths. I'm not sure if he's looking for an outlet, yeah. or a career path. That's a good point. Those he's are hobbies. Those are hobbies. Yeah. But it sounds like he wants purpose, like he wants passion in his life. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. I, I, I it's tough. I, I, um, what do you? I don't know. Like, here's the thing about stand up or anything like that. I think you you get a better understanding of something the more you do it, right? Yeah. So if if you if you if you dance around the edges of something, you're never going to. There are a lot of people that start things and get passionate and they stop because they. They make the assumption that they've already figured it out because they already did it for a little while and they get right. bored and they're wrong. It's like you you need it's like um you need a lot longer before you do something like that. You need like you cannot understand the value of something when you do it for only eight months. 
Yeah, you like can this podcast. after five years, right? Like so, this podcast, so. you got to do it a little bit longer and not, you know, spread yourself no, man, too thin. And that's say, a bad... I'm on holiday in France. I'm drinking wine. I'm going to take two weeks off and go nah. black. Go radio silence. It's like you got to nah. you got to have the fortitude to that's drive. A through. Bad example, dude. That's a bad example. <laughs> And I'm going to see it through and I'm going to be better for it as opposed to dusting my producer and co-host. Whatever. It's just I don't even know where that came from. I don't know where it came from. Speaking of discipline and follow through, you look thinner. I'm trying to. I I still got 10 more to go. I got 10 more to go. I'm seeing cheekbones, dude. I see no. I see no bloat. I see (laughs) no bloat. Sans bloat. To go back to the gentleman's question, I, w- I, I would say um, there's got to be something he's good at. Make that your occupation. There's got to be something he's like you said, Brian, there's something that he knows within himself that he's very good at and g- probably gifted with. Make that your occupation and keep taking swings for the fences. Go to the airport. Just get on a plane and go somewhere new. It sounds like he's given himself that opportunity to do those things. So I don't think you go somewhere new. I don't think changing your geography changes your inner geography. I think there's something that's going on within him that that needs to be addressed, which is. But I, I think why not experience why not make the experience life? Like experience life, go someplace, find a friend, get a girl, you know, go someplace new and just say, hey, you know, if if I'm not happy with my job, I can be happy doing this shit. And you'll find a great meal in Cleveland. You'll find a great meal in New Orleans. I I, I don't know. As someone who travels so much, that's been the one asset to stand up comedy that I really appreciate is getting out there and seeing how much. Yeah, but you have stand up, but you're always writing. So that's that's where you're you've made your name and you've become so good at. I think that that he's probably looking for for acumen, like deep skill, because with yeah. deep skill comes deeper understanding. That's what I would think. So, so like if I were him, honestly, I would listen to John Donaher talk about um, meaning versus survival. I would listen to his his talks about how to get really good at something, like how to incrementally every day get better at something, which would be jujitsu right. in his case. And what I, I love about his example is that you, he says, it, it, when you practice deeply, it doesn't have to be like ten hours a day. It can be an hour a day, but if you practice deeply under the right tutelage. In five years, if you do it every day and you make small incremental changes, you will become world class. You can become an amazing drummer at your at his age, or an amazing jujitsu practitioner, or an amazing whatever. If you do it, if you understand, if you have the right teacher and you you commit to it every single day, so it becomes like your church. It becomes your daily attendance, and I think yeah. then you can learn a shitload from it. That that's what I would do. I think the, I think I, it's less about is- your career. Yeah. Right. I think his problem is, though, he doesn't know what it is. Right. Or he and does and he's, and he's avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it could be that, too. I, look, I think if if I worked in wine right there, that's one of those jobs that instantly everybody can relate to that. And even if they don't know something about it, or I'm not a big wine drinker. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I did a sommelier's podcast and it was fascinated at the education that it takes to have that profession but all these subtle micro things that, that we just take for granted when you're swigging, you know, a glass of wine, that there is that deep appreciation of some of the that really is into that. And if that's your occupation, why not why not, you know, make that your passion for yeah. a while? It's yeah. such a show, social job, too, that I mean, you get a bottle of wine, you could explain it to your friends. Like if I had a friend bring over a bottle of wine, and say, this is why this is great. We're going to drink this tonight. I'd be like, oh, this is fucking great. That's that'd yeah. be so fun. Yeah. 
I, I think what you're saying is just getting good at something, man. It goes back to that same thing. Like you'll learn more about yourself if you get good at something. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's what happens. All right, next question. Hey, Brian. Hey, Steve. Name's Kevin, coming out of Southeast Texas. Um, Steve, you're the first comedian I ever listened to whenever I was a young lad. And we met in the Middle East on one of your USO tours in 2018. Yeah, I listened to your show. It was fantastic. We met on the flight line. It was great. Um, question for y'all. How do y'all feel about the war in the Middle East? And do y'all feel it's justified? Okay. Ooh. Follow-up question. question. This one's for you, Brian. I'm at the bookstore right now. What book should I buy? All right. Y'all stay hungry. <laughs> stay big. Have a good day. Love it. Well, Kevin, thank you again for your service. We really appreciate all, all you do. And yep. uh, Brian has been on USO shows with with me as well. We've been to the Middle East. And uh, uh, let's get to the book first. Brian, he's at the bookstore. What book should he get? Man, um, fuck. You know, it, it's such a difficult question because... I'm torn between having him read nonfiction and just fiction. Mm -hmm. And as I get older, I find more value in fiction than I do in nonfiction. But you know what? Pick up the Plato's dialogues. Just get it under your belt. Just read it. Or bring uh, pick up Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. It, because he was the great Stoic. And it'll teach you that no matter where you are in life, how rich you are, how old you are, whatever time you lived in history, no one can take away the responsibility you have for developing, turning yourself into a complete human being and understanding why it's important to be um, truthful, moral, ethical, and, um, and not to take yourself too seriously and also to be self-reliant and to have a sense of humor about life. I mean, the, the, so I would say Seneca or Plato are where you might want to start. There, I said it. Well, I'm a big fan of nonfiction. So I love um, I love biographies, as you know, Brian. Yeah. And you, you and I had a little debate about it, but I think there's so much to be culled from biographies. There's so many lessons to be learned from people that have lived incredible lives, lives so rich enough that that there are books written about these individuals. I'm reading right now a book on Orson Welles, so much so that it's been it's, it's three volumes. So I'm on the first volume right now. But I would suggest who is somebody you look up to, you're passionate about and see if they have a biography, someone uh, through the lineage of, of history. There's there's somebody that's a good, that you can that's learn a very from. That's really good advice. I mean, because I think one of the things about reading biographies um, especially of somebody you admired or somebody is that you realize that you have a lot in common with them, that they suffered from the same things you're suffering from. Self-doubt is a huge yeah. one, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and so none of these great people were sure of themselves. The Muhammad Ali and all of these guys, including Jesus Christ were, were sure of themselves they had doubt. They were afraid. They, you know, that these. This is sort of what brings us closer to the great minds and the great moral and philosophical uh, and artistic leaders of our day. And you know, and and fucking. So that's one of the things you start to realize that as great as somebody might seem, and as out of touch as they might seem, or as as smart as they might seem, the the great geniuses. A lot of times they were fucking full of doubt too, 
and they just yeah. went for it. So there's also that, right? Um, uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to get too deep. I was having a conversation with a with a great comic the other day. It wasn't you, Brian. Mm. And um, mm. we were we were chatting, and <laughs> we were basically talking. I was talking about how Hollywood has changed so much. I read this book called The Big Goodbye about the making of Chinatown, and how at the end of the book, Nichol- Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, was saying Hollywood isn't Hollywood anymore. The glamour has gone. Movie stars aren't movie stars anymore is what he was hitting on. And I, it, it had a huge impact on me. And I've read books on Gene Kelly, Bruce Lee, uh, Dean Martin, like five or six books on Dean Martin, three books on Sinatra, uh, Elvis Presley, The Last Train of Memphis, et cetera, et cetera. And you realize that they're so accomplished. These are the best of the best, right? Legends. And again, legends do it twice. These are all people that had pitfalls that were left for dead, that came back and became bigger than they ever were before. But I think at the end of the day, what I learned is that I think so much in our lives we're trying, you know, there's a the great quote of uh, something was scrawled in a cave from an artist uh, that said, please let me do something that people will remember me by. Yeah. And I think that is always the focus of us is to create some legacy or something that will last that people will remember you by. And I just after reading all these things and getting a little older, my suggestion is that really at the end of the day, things are so fractured. It's rare that you're going to do something that's that impactful. And even if you do, it's going to be appreciated by a handful of people. I could go right now to a restaurant and tap people on the shoulder and go, Donald O'Connor, do you know who he is? And he's one of the greatest you know, song and dance men in Hollywood. He did the the um, singing in the make rain, him laugh, la- la- make him laugh and singing in the rain. And it's it's amazing. And he's had this great career and nobody knows who he is anymore. And there's there's very few people that know who he is the, these days. So I, I just think it doesn't fucking matter. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Stop looking in front of you and behind you to the left and the right. Just do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Succeed on your own. Look at your resume and be happy that you accomplish those things. And don't give a fuck about anybody else. Good. Second question. Are the Middle East wars worth it? Well, um, I would say that if you do, I want you just look up, just look up how much we've spent on the Afghanistan war alone. Oh boy. 20 years it's gone on, 21 years um, and uh, 20 years, uh, something like that. Anyway, started in 2003. Uh, well, 2001. Yeah, it's been 20 years and um, we've spent over $19 trillion. That's $19,000 billion. $19,000 billion. Yeah. You're alive if you're very lucky for 3 billion seconds. So um, that's what the government spent. That's what the U.S. government spent. So when Republicans talk about being the gov- the, the party of small government, they should shut the fuck up because gov- Republicans are the ones who spend way more money, way more money than Democrats. They're giving Biden a hard time about their, this infrastructure bill. I get it. I understand. But can they take a look at how much they spend on defense on, on these wars? Uh, we have uh, special forces presences in, what, 55 countries? Um, yeah. and, and, and how is it going in Iraq? And how is it going in Afghanistan? And, and at that much money, it, t- it took $19 trillion and counting? Really? And that's not including Iraq. So I'd like a progress report. Oh, there is none. Um, I want my money back. Or can I see what I got for my money? $19 trillion in Afghanistan alone. And how many Americans suffer from PTSD, lost their, lost their limbs and lost their lives? How many, how many innocent women and children and men in Afghanistan and Iraq? How many? And, and do they count? So, is, so what is this that we were doing? What is this shit? 
And and why did we have every general every single fucking year, every general? And it's so dangerous that you can't come criticize the military and the Pentagon. Go fuck yourself and 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 go fuck yourself if you say you can't def- you can't criticize the Department of Defense or the Pentagon. You're out of your fucking mind because every single year those fucking generals kept saying that this is the turning point in the war. Every single fucking year. And they were wrong for 20 years and nobody said anything about it while people kept dying and Americans and innocent people over there kept dying, okay, who are just like you. So I want my fucking money back. And this is what happens when there's no accountability. This is what happens when people are making money off of war or just this just general incompetence. So that's what I think of the Middle East wars. That's what I think. And um, uh, I think it was I think at the end of the day, it was immoral. It was incompetent. It was all of the above. I'm a huge critic. I'm a huge critic of the way we've handled these wars in the Middle East. Huge critic. I think it's uh, an outrage, and I don't think we will walk away from it. I think as Americans, the way we'll never outlive the legacy of slavery, I think we'll, we'll have to answer to the carnage and the chaos that we've paid for and helped. And I sound like a bleeding heart liberal, and I'm not. I'm a fucking patriot. I am not a liberal. I'm way more conservative. I am, I am, I am far more about small government and individual liberty. I hold the Constitution as the greatest fucking example of of, of philosophy. It, they solve the political problems. I revere the founding fathers. I revere this fucking country. And by the way, freedom isn't free. So I am not anti-military. I sure as fuck ain't anti-police. You're talking to a guy over here who owns guns and I'm red-blooded and American and patriotic. Is anybody fucking listening? And I still say bullshit to these wars and bullshit to this lack, lack of accountability and bullshit to the amount of money we spent on these fucking wars. Shame. Shame on everybody who fucking all these politicians who voted for these fucking bills and kept spending money and hey, Department of Defense and hey, the Pentagon and hey, all these intelligence agencies, everybody. What the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? So that's how I feel. Thank you. Ask me how I feel. Oh, sorry, Steve. What do you think? I'm against the war. Uh, should we take the next question? Yeah, let's take the next question. God damn it. It's a very, very passionate answer. Yeah, man, I've read too much about it. It gets me too heated. Hey, Brian, saw you in San Antonio. Show was great. Uh, hey, Steve, haven't seen <laughs> so you yet, but I want to. I got a question for y'all. Uh, Brian, if you had to pick one UFC fighter to fight uh, other than Brendan, we've already seen you piece him up. <laughs> and then Steve... If you had to pick one hockey player uh, to fight, uh, who would you pick? Wow, wow. Brian, I'll let you go first on that one there. I mean, it would have to be the the 115-pound woman in the 150-pound women's division and the lowest ranked, the last ranked person on that division. <laughs> I don't want to fight anybody else. I'm not interested in fighting. You know, there's nobody else I want anything to do with in the UFC. I am not. I'm an old man and I don't want anything. Uh, I'm not interested in getting my fucking my dick boxed off. So, well, I'll tell you, if I were to fight a hockey player, uh, a I would never want to fight a hockey player because I get I get smoked within seconds. But I would I would go old school and go Ty Domi. Ty Domi because if I'm going to. If I'm going to get smoked, I'm going to get smoked by one of the best. Um, and that guy, I, I did actually Mario Lemieux's fantasy camp. Me and Bill Bird did a show for 
uh, all these players was a great, it's, it's a great cause they do every year in Pittsburgh. They raise money for cancer research for the Lemieux foundation. And uh, Bill and I did a show and Mario Lemieux actually plays in the games and he has a bunch of all-stars come out, Paul Coffey, Mark Recchi, uh, Brian Trottier is there. I mean, just so many great hockey players, hall of famers. And Ty Domi was there and he said, I kept asking about his fights and everything. And he said, you know, this is how you fight in hockey. And he, he grabbed my shirt and then he balled up his fist and he's like, and then he just go. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we, like, we don't need to do this. I was like literally looking down the barrel of a shotgun as Ty Domi's fist is going up and down towards my face. That's and I've never been great. so scared of my life, but I'm like this guy, if you ever want to watch something great, watch Ty Domi in the lot, in the penalty box. He, I, I believe it was against the flyers in Philadelphia Ty Domi is playing for the Rangers, I believe, at the time. And he, one of the Philadelphia Flyer fans, poured something on him. So he took a squirt bottle and squirted him. The, the guy came over the glass, and then the glass gave way. He fell into the penalty box, and Ty Domi just starts beating the shit out of this guy. And it's so funny. Yeah, he's a, he was a monster. I, I even know him. I don't follow hockey, and I oh. know who that guy is. You guys need to finally settle the internet debate. What you say goes is a hot dog a sandwich. Thanks. Oh. Brian, when's the last time you had a hot dog? Just curious. Steve, I have, I've never eaten one, but I've watched people. And I, I, <laughs> and I, and I love when the common cattle, I mean the common folk eat in front of me. And I, yeah. no, I've had a, uh, I've had cat Sally. I've gone to cat Sally and I've had a hot dog. And that's a great question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Well, I don't Carney's is, is my is my favorite next to the comedy stores, you know. Yeah. And I'll reward myself after sets by going to Carney's and getting two hot dogs with mustard, a large fry and a Coke. And I'm in heaven. Yeah. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? If it's not a sandwich, then what is it? It's just a hot dog, I guess. I think it's a hot dog. I don't think it's a sandwich. I think you got to We got to stick to tradition just because it's a meat between two pieces of bread. Don't mean it's a sandwich. It's between a yeah, bun. It's, its own thing. It's a fucking bun. Is a hamburger a sandwich? No, it's a hamburger. It, and a hot dog's a hot dog because it's not between a sandwich. It's not. It's 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 a bun. It's a bun. So anytime it's, it's not a sandwich. Nah, it's not a sandwich. So the answer is because no. you can't get it, Mister Hero Subway. You can't get it at any of those sandwich shops. You got to go to a hot dog stand to get it. You got to right. go to Portillo's, Carney's, et cetera, et cetera. Pink's is the worst. It's a tourist trap. I love it though, but it's still it's not as good. But yeah. but a hot dog is a hot dog. It's its own thing. You're right. Hey, Amen. Hey, there we go. All right, guys. Stevie, thanks, buddy. I'm gonna go back to my wine. Love you guys. People yeah. All right, Remember. Kids. So video submission, your, your your questions to bigandhungrypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We'll answer all your questions and follow us on Instagram at bigandhungry. Yep. I'll be at Jam in the Van, by the way, uh, July 16th in, in Los Angeles. Come see me. God bless everybody.